You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 239. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Sklar. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You have reached another Local Maximum. Today is, it's always an exciting day when we do the annual, I don't have a word for how often we do this, but let's just say annual Local Maximum tech retreat, which we do actually every five quarters. Um, and this year we had a much larger audience than we usually do, which is really exciting. So basically I just brought a bunch of, uh, people to a venue, a bunch of really smart people. I kind of opened it up to my locals. I sent it out to, to my list and we talked about technology. We talked about software and people were really happy with the fact that not everyone there was an engineer and um, we had all sorts of different types of people there. And so today you're going to hear, I kind of got up on the stage and um, we sort of had a stream of consciousness discussion about everything that we had discussed during the day. Now, unfortunately, uh, Aaron had to run. And, you know, next time I talk to Aaron, I'll kind of follow up with him on everything that, uh, every, everything that we've, we've talked about. So I kind of, uh, you know, I kind of opened it up to the audience. And uh, we, we sort of, a, a lot of the people that you're going to hear from right now uh, didn't know that they would be on the podcast that day. So this is much earlier in the idea, uh, um, in the it, it, this is much earlier in the process of idea generation. Usually I have someone on the show, they did something and we talk about it or they researched something or they wrote a book and we talked about it. Maybe a little bit of ideas uh, uh, generation with Aaron, but sometimes we do a little bit of uh, a little bit of research first. This is just kind of right out of the box. Let's just talk about issues and see what comes out. And it was very entertaining. I really enjoyed this group. A lot of people said they, they loved being there and they loved talking about all the issues we talk about on the local maximum. And of course, the theme of the week was like, what pursuits are worth your time in the 2020s? And we, we covered that a little bit as well. Um, we brought together a lot of listeners with different backgrounds. So um, yeah, I, I, I hope you... I hope you enjoy this. And without further ado, let's, uh, let's bring it up, the uh, live podcast from uh, the Tech Retreat in Rollinsford, New Hampshire. All right. Welcome, everyone, to The Local Maximum. This is a, what, on the stage, at the shell, at the 2022 uh, Local Maximum Retreat, uh, retroactively called the Local Maximum Retreat because we used to just call it the Tech Retreat and then I started the Local Maximum. Um, we're going to have kind of a quick one here that's live and then I'm going to add some stuff. I'm going to talk to Aaron later. Aaron had to run out a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll follow up with Aaron. But I wanted to follow up with the group here uh, to talk about, uh, to maybe summarize some of the discussions that we had all day today. So first of all, friend of the program, uh, ben Jibo, and, and uh, no one else is going to be named. I know a lot of people are nervous about coming up. No names. So everyone else, there's me, there's Max, there's Ben. You know, then you'll hear disembodied voices, and it's, it's cool. I'm going to be answering them. But uh, Ben, you're going to do some, uh, some, some moderating for us today, some quick, a few quick questions yes. uh, just, to, uh, just, to, just to have a little fun, and then we'll head out. All right, so I will hand this over to Ben. Haukola, haukola, benji boi mitiapie, tiospe mitawahe wakankadiduta. I'm from the Red Lightning family unit of the Yankton Sioux Tribe of South Dakota. It's a great honor to be here in support of my friend Max. This is the, that's the, that's a really unique introduction. We've never had yeah. that, so thank you. And we have a land acknowledgement. This is unceded Abenaki territory. Interest too. Uh, so we have some great, great predictions that we reviewed. Um, 
And I was wondering if you guys could tell us the most interesting past prediction that came up for you. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm going to start with that. Um, I felt that, um, you know, I, we were really interested a few years ago in the translation tech because that had had such big leaps and bounds over the early part of the 2010s, just from turning to maybe not so usable to usable and then being integrated into all of our phones and then having Google Translate. And I think the assumption was it would just keep moving. And a lot of, I know a lot of innovations have been made in that area, but it's, just, you know, for example, Aaron predicted there'd be a, a babblefish type, uh, type situation or like, a, like a, 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 a Star Trek type situation where you'd be able to talk and it would immediately change your talk into another language. Turns out that there are actual barriers to that, even on Zoom, uh, you know, because sometimes you have to wait for someone to say the verb or the noun or the adjective, and it's in different order and all that in order to sort of understand how to translate it to the other language. So um, I, I feel like, uh, you know, sometimes, and, and as we know, translation tech has had many, many decades of research before it hit that critical mass where everyone's using it. So um, sometimes... Uh, I think the takeaway is there. Sometimes you have to look for that, and just because you've just had a big, uh, a big switch. In this case, I don't know if it was. It wasn't really a. Um, it wasn't really a, a scientific breakthrough so much as a consumer, you know, uh, adoption breakthrough. But you, you, you can't always assume those are going to continue, and so that kind of makes me ask questions about self-driving cars. I still think it'll happen by the end of the decade. I think I see it. I, I've. I've I've, uh, I've, I've experienced it. I've experienced cars getting closer and closer to that. Is there going to be something that takes them over, the, uh, takes them over the, the finish line on that piece of technology, which I think would be a game changer? I don't know. It, could I make a comment? Yeah. yeah it seems like those are... Um, the, there was a category of prediction that involved um, technologies that, that absolutely exist right now, but have just not made it to sort of consumer readiness. So, yeah. um, so self-driving cars might be in that category where the technology is basically there. Obviously, there are a lot of edge cases that are being ironed out. But if, you know, people threw caution to the wind, like we probably could all have self-driving cars that would get in accidents a lot. Um, let's see, there, 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 were, there were other... Um, there, there were a few other things that, that fell into that category. But the, 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 the translation one is a, is a different one where... There, the technology actually ran into like a fundamental barrier. Like, there, it, it's not just that the technology's there and like people haven't adopted it because of like safety concerns or there hasn't been enough demand. But there, there's like the demand's definitely there, but there, there's a fundamental barrier just in the structure of human language. Yeah, and I think also going beyond that, there's a barrier that that maybe could one day be broken, but but is so complicated, which is just like the the whole, the, the context and cultural awareness and, and, and understanding of the world that you need to translate language to get you to that, that final stage. And that, that almost requires like the general AI, which obviously we don't have yet. So. You know, one of the questions from our lovely audience, uh, are there any patterns in the past predictions that stand out to you today in retrospect? Uh, yeah, I think for me, um, it's like, I, I mean, it, I, I feel like the, the predictions that we make at a given snapshot in time are, they tell us more about what that time was like than about what this time is supposed to be like. So for example, the March 2021, that was like in the middle of COVID and it's like, okay, what we were in a different mind space here and we were not, it, it, it became very hard to zoom out at that particular period of time. 
the early ones, 2017 and below, was still like techno-optimism. We were still optimistic about social media. And I think that um, the, the, whatever projects take up the majority of the mind space of people in technology, people in science, media, uh, takes twists and turns that are very hard to predict. And I, I don't know what the good strategy for that is going to be, except for <laughs> look, maybe try to look for many different possible futures and also try to look at trends that are long-term because taking a trend that's only been the last five years or 10 years and trying to project that forward to the next 20 is, is usually a recipe for, you know, hey, this, th th these are one of the turns. I'm turning right right now. Maybe I'll turn left in the future. I'm not talking politically. I'm just talking about, you know, just where we're going in a certain Maybe I'm maybe I'm going up on the roller coaster. Maybe I'm going down on the roller coaster if you prefer. But it's just like um, uh, it, 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 it's sort of um, it, it's as you get older, you kind of realize that um, that it's it's hard to it's it's hard to just take the last five years and project it linearly. And as humans, we're very good at doing that, but we're not very good at taking in the chaotic whole. Mm -hmm. um, but I do believe there are patterns. Um, that you can find over many years, and we've talked about a few of them. We, we've we've talked about in our discussions today, you know, the patterns of of uh, fundamental physics breakthroughs. How it's you know it's uh, it's 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 dotted and, and probably chaotic. And um, I I think that um, you you can look for long term patterns, but it's not that easy. It requires uh, constant. Uh, it requires wisdom. It requires, um, I think, trying to make these predictions and look back on it kind of help you get that intuition. But I feel like there's also, I feel like we could be taught like general, uh, you know, general principles. And maybe, maybe next year we should try to come up with that. Like, or maybe, you know, in the next com coming months on the, on the program, what are general principles of good predictions and how have we, yeah. ha have we used them? I'll add something. Hi, it's Jeff. I'll identify myself. Um, there are a lot of things that we'll predict about tech that we all take as like positive developments that might improve our lives. Self-driving cars. Some people hate driving. Some people don't want to drive sometimes. But it's one of those things that people enjoy doing that you don't not want to like sacrifice necessarily. I like driving my car. It's like 19 years old. It's a manual. It's fun. There's another thing like that, which is like with cryptocurrency, like so, sometimes some things are harder or take some joy out of life or too hard to use, where the tech has a future and it deserves to be explored and advanced, but it also might be taking some joy or like ease out of life. I feel like a good example of that is um, what we talked about, like, you know, independent stores that are not searchable. Uh, you know, some people want that. Um, it's, you know, just having an algorithmic determined life is no fun. Yeah. So I think I hope I want it to keep continuing to develop, but uh, the ultimate use cases should probably find more direct implementations than like a broad societal-wide replacement, you know. By the way, if anyone has a question or a comment, feel free to come up. We'll give you one of our microphones. So, uh, yeah, no, well, no, no, you can write it down. You can write down a question. And, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'll, you okay, can, you can you would say it, and I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it on microphone. Okay. Uh, the question was about um, uh, using uh, AI for the visual arts, and the good example these days is the Dolly system, where you ask it for... I saw one that was like a futuristic city in Antarctica, and it had like a bunch of icebergs with a bunch of like big white... Uh, skyscrapers, something like that. I believe I sent so, that to you. Yes, yes, I think D- you did. As disembodied voice number one. <laughs> yeah. So, what do we think about? What do we think about? Uh, what do we think about that type of entertainment? And also, I think there's been a question to add to that: is like, can we have a mass market AI entertainment, or do we? So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you respond, then I'll give yeah. a response. Yeah, well, that was directed towards me. I would say I love the idea because I'm I'm a, I work in like the entertainment field or whatever. I'm an animator, but I'm not a huge designer. So actually, Dali is one of those things where instead of hiring a concept artist, which is not my job, I'm happy to replace that instead of paying someone, where I can use words and just come up with like a design to show a client and not spend weeks or hours, and that helps me develop a vision. So as long as it's accentuating and making my job easier, now I'm being like kind of selfish here because I'm eliminating someone else's job. But for me... As like an independent um, business owner, it's like anything that actually makes my job easier, yeah, why not? As someone pointed out uh, before, like let's say AI creates all this art, you need a human, like we show all the good ones. You need a human to sift through the good ones and the bad ones. And I'm, I'm sure AI is also doing that under the hood. Like that's literally what an algorithm does. It, it, it moves around and it figures out what's um, taking its loss functions. But there always needs to, not always, but currently there needs to be a human to take it to the end to make sure this makes sense in the real world. This is also that's true of human-created art. That's true, too. Right. But it's still a human. There's not a superhuman going through it. There's still a human going through it at the end. Yeah. So, so it's it, always the same. So yeah. something like that, it, it'll get you the first. It'll get, it, it can jumpstart a project. It can get you far along the project. But to finish it, you need to add that human touch. Hmm. The last 10%, the last 50%. So as long as it's like a tool and not a replacement for an entire like field, I don't think that the end consumer for a lot of AI stuff is the consumer. It should be the person working in that field, and it's used as a tool. I think that is or, the use case for AI in the time being. I, the, oh, people always ask, okay, what happens when it's no longer a tool? What happens when it's the whole thing? I don't think we're. That, yeah. I don't think we're close. To yeah, that I don't yet. know if you're going to lose like the, the touch, but like I mean, I can't mo- promise yeah. it won't happen in fifty years. Should questions aside, um, we discussed this earlier, whether or not this this is good or ought to be the case. Do you think it will be the case that there will be entirely or primarily um, AI generated? entertainment like in in the near future in the form of music or movies or books or relative text is relatively easy but let's say let's say like visual or, or audio media yeah i think narrow cast and if i could define that i don't think of an abroad i don't think you're gonna get a blockbuster out of it but in the same way that you get together with your friends and like play video games and like might do art projects i think you can generate a fun thing that you and your friends or like a small community might enjoy. You, you touched on that, like kind of generating these things is entertaining, but it's not necessarily like you share them, but it's not necessarily like, oh, there's going to be some amazing work of art by an AI that's going to be famous in 50 years. I don't think any of these Dolly things are going to be famous in 50 years, but it's a fun thing to, to, to generate. It's, fun, it's an activity. Yeah, and like as I feel like... Um as society fractures, not to get dark, 
But we'll, we kind of are siloing ourselves out, and um, people don't all watch the same TV show anymore. There's not just four channels. There's not Game just four movie studios. The last one. Yeah. So anything that can help you, like, like have a good time or generate, like, you know, something that is entertaining enough that can exist in a smaller ecosystem, I think AI will help us achieve that level of, like, satisfaction. But it won't... Oh, I was going to say, I just yeah, yeah, just repeat the question. Nick brought up ASMR videos and how there's a, 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 a big community around that who just enjoys that. And uh, yeah, that's a small little sub-sub-genre of entertainment that people actually use, spend a lot of their time around. And yeah, I think AI might become a, a, like a personalized thing, like a very small application, but like broad satisfaction kind of like tool. But I think those small niches like densely fill the entire space of, of, of media interest. Like I, for example, would love like Neil Stevenson fan fiction. I'd love like some more books written in the world of the diamond age and snow crash. Did that just exist in that world and fill it out more completely? And like, obviously, like Neil Stevenson can only write so many books, but in AI, maybe could um, could write some of those books and uh, give you know give those to me and a few other like weirdos who uh, who might be interested in that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was worried we almost lost our, our moderator there. For no, a you second. guys took off, and I'm in the dust. Okay, as okay. A, as a social worker, sociological underpinning, one of the things I thought about was. Um, Health literacy is a tremendous problem in getting health attainment. And, you know, thinking about how people communicate and replicate health prevention messages, what's missing is relatable content. And maybe AI could fix that because the people in policy writing this are very far removed from the problem of addiction or homelessness or mental illness you know, obesity, asthma. So there's a lot of lot of issues around people not really understanding the experience of the problem they're trying to prevent. So you're talking about a media uh, entertainment field, but I also think about it from like a health information perspective. People are very uninformed about medical problems, treatments, engagements. So... Yeah, you could imagine other like highly um, like sort of boutique or like customized like educational or like like informational media too. Um. All right, so we've got another question to go on. I think we do from 2017. Oh my God, MS. Oh my God. Okay, I hope that's the right MS because there were a couple. Yeah, there's a few. It's like uh, human (laughs) bullying. Of self-driving cars, common. We talked about self Human driving. what? Human bullying. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. oh no. Oh, that was someone else. Trying to become right. Canadian. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Right, right, right. I think I wrote that, right? Human yeah. bullying of self-driving cars will be common by 2022. And that, that, that there's literally an article about that okay. coming out recently. So that's, yeah, that's, I think, one of my favorite. Um, yeah, that came from uh, the like, audience. I, I, that was kind of a joke. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really happening. People like to circle these things and, uh, and, and mess them up. So. We have a question from the lovely audience. Question from the audience. A possible broad question from the audience, if you want it. Okay. We do want it. And we do. How can we use AI to reduce the current food 
security crisis in Africa. Any ideas? Thank you. Social work related oh, to... That's not really my... My field of expertise. Thank you very much. A, I mean, yeah. the only things I can think of, like what reduced, uh, what reduced poverty, and like starvation. Why is it so low now? Compared, and people don't realize it, but it is compared to like fifty years ago. Genetically yeah. modified organisms, GMOs. That's one that really, you know, you can make crops that will grow in like not the most opportune climates. AI will That's, help with that. AI can help develop more. I mean, we already have solutions with that, but I would think that AI can help hopefully get aid to the front lines sometimes. Like whenever we try to give any uh can lower help. it could lower transaction costs like at every step of distribution and yeah. optimized distribution networks this, which is ultimately remi- the problem yeah like, this, this reminds me of a podcast interview with uh, and I, i'm totally blanking on the name and i'm sorry but it was someone who, who who uses ai for construction and it was someone out of uh california and he was basically using a, a machine learning t- technique to optimize the construction site and they had all of these benefits and all of these um, um, productivity gains just by, you know, taking the schedule and what they're going to order and what they're going to do when. And it turned out that the machine did some non-intuitive things that uh, a human wouldn't do when making the schedule. And they had like, you know, 30% gains and how quickly they could build building. And if you just have that in other areas, whether it's, um, whether it's something like, uh, uh, yeah. well, food production and food distribution, you know, that, that seems like, how could it not be a huge help? Yeah, the two obvious fronts are, yeah, food production, like designing better gen- genetically modified organisms yeah. that can survive in harsh climates, but also... Um, coordination. Like the, yeah, coordina- coordination. Yeah, coordination. Identifying is, population yeah. centers, branching, how you might distribute um, all the different, like, possible there are, paths. There are more than enough calories to go around in the world. The, 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 yeah. the hard part is just distribution in a cost-effective way. And if you can lower... Trans- I mean, as, as boring and unsexy as it is, like, lowering transaction costs... Um, and making it cheaper to move food from one place to another. Actually. And also coming up with a really cool logo for the bags of grain that we sent. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> is, is that really something that like deep learning could help with, or is that more of like a operations research and like? It's optimization. Deep, deep problem. learning or optimization? Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. So they're using more optimization, and uh, well, at least the construction one that I was I was talking to. Uh, it, it, it wasn't deep learning. It was a lot more optimization. But sometimes the search of this space and optimization is so complicated, so high dimensional, that you have to use pretty creative algorithms to do it. So it's not, right, it's not, deep learning often gets the headlines of, you know, this is the stuff that um, is going to get us to uh, a strong AI. But often the, the stuff that really helps is creative optimization. Yeah, and I remember that podcast you referenced with the guy who was talking about like operation costs up. for uh, buildings, and it was just like they would have to run a certain amount of um, searches through all the different combinations of materials, and it's not like he found the optimal one, because right. that would have taken way too long computationally, but he's yes. like, I have a 90% certainty that we're going to save this amount of money if we go with the, you're going to save like 50%, or this is actually achievable if you go with this model, and they run it for like three days. Yeah. And yeah. and then the company who like says okay, we'll pay you for that, they're held to that kind of like level of certainty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to Oh wait, here it is. Uh Renee Mar- Marcos. Renee Marcos for his uh company um Alice Technologies. So, got that. All right. We have any more questions or I I think um we can move on to um 
Well, you're the moderator. Tell me, tell me what we're doing. Do we have any more? Max, I'm very proud of you. You're being yeah. brave. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so questions might continue to bubble up. I know this will be edited, so... Um, yeah. All right, give me a lot of work here. Yeah. <laughs> Time is your friend. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. I'll be uh, I'll be sitting around Monday doing this. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, what predictions would you make? How would you adjust your predictions for the next five to ten years? And I actually have something to say about this question that that didn't come quite come up. But when I first when we first started doing this in 2015, 2016, I was so interested in the technological innovations, and I've spoken about this in 2017, 2018. Now I think it's the social and political changes that take place that either concern me or something that I'm more focused on over the next five years than technological. I'm hoping that there's some technological changes that kind of come out of come out of nowhere. But um, I feel like uh, it, it does feel like our I don't know how specific I want to get, but it does feel... Well, I think everyone feels it in their own way. Like, our our society and the whatever the current thing is we're talking about, the current thing, the people who are anti the current thing, and then also just, like, the, the political changes are very unstable right now. And it's hard to predict where things are going to be in a few years. And um, I, you know... And, and I kind of long for the days 10 years ago when I was just... Always, uh, I was always looking up new technology. I was always looking up. Uh, maybe it's a function of my age. I don't know. I was always, I was always looking up. Oh, what are, what are some new um, apps people are building? What are some new, uh, you know, what are some new applications people found? What are new uh, startups that are being built? And now it's just like, okay, like what? How is the law changed? How? What is? Um, what are people constantly harping about? What do people care about? And. Um, you know why do people sound so crazy all the time? And so I feel like I, I hope this changes again over the next ten years. I don't have a good prediction on it, but it's something I want to focus on more. That's very good. Go for it. Um, can you talk about a specific technology or tool or just general area of technology that represents that swing from optimistic five years ago to kind of concerning to you today? Optimistic to concerning. I mean, for me, it is. The, the broad sense it's using technology for liberation versus using technology for uh, you know conformity and like uh, you know in, enslavement if I want to use a very strong term there were people warning us about this in 2010 I went to a talk on NYU and someone was like you know I was hoping like like kind of an older guy and he was like I was hoping for a world with an open internet and everyone would be running their own servers and they'd be communicating with each other and you could do what you want your own server but now this evil kid Zuckerberg came in and, and of course it wasn't just uh, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg but it, it was the larger if it wasn't him it was someone else and, and he just centralized it all and this is a disaster but at the same time everyone's like in 2010 now I could talk to whoever I want everyone's on Facebook this is like everyone Twitter there's a plane that landed in the in the Hudson and we, we saw it immediately you know someone live tweeted uh, the the um, the uh, when we got Osama bin Laden it's like oh, wow this is a whole new world and uh, um, you know, now it's just every day. It's like, oh, who's been kicked off Twitter? What can you not say now that you could say uh, before? And um, you know, w- what videos are they? Are, are are the people at Google forcing me to watch? And it's and and I also feel like there's the sameness every day. It's just the same crap over and over again. There's nothing new um, in terms of our day to day lives. No, there's a lot of great technology occurring under like so. We had some people here talk about biotech. So exciting. It's not something that you run in every day of your life. Um, and 
you know, cars, self-driving cars, not something we talk about every day in your life because most of us aren't using them yet. But um, I, I, I definitely feel like that optimism to pessimism tracked uh, communication technology and, and social media. Um, I feel like those, uh, that perhaps the, I kind of suggested that the technology drove society. I'm not sure if that's true. I think society also drove the technology. I think society became very different, and that, that changed how people at these social media companies, internet giants, ran their companies. Will Web3 save us? Will Web3 save us? It could. Um, it, 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 it could, but I also think, uh, I mean, <laughs> this is another reason why I talk about the fourth turning and things like that. I think another thing that will save us um, is essentially the fact that... Um, humanity shifts over time, the culture shifts over time to being more open, more closed, more open, more closed, and it's very cyclical. And so if, if people become more open again, more, they are more likely to adopt these decentralized technologies, uh, like Bitcoin, like, you know, whatever, you know, I know that uh, some of you like the more, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, some, some of the altcoins as well. Uh, and it's just like, I, I, I think that I am not totally pessimistic about where society is going just because if you look at history, we've been through these cycles uh, so much in the past. I mean, the, the only thing that, that, that could stop it, the, the only thing that when I look at history, the things that are concerning is if you really have a hard dictatorship that like keeps the country uh, in this one state for a long period of time. I don't think we're going to get that in the U.S. I think we're going to have crazy times and then we move past it. I think that's how things have worked in the West in the past. To go back to uh, an earlier episode you had about uh, simplexes, I want to try to see if we can figure out a simplex here. And I'm thinking of one that has, right now I have two. I know usually you like to talk about a simplex that has three. Maybe we can think of what the third is. But on one end of the spectrum, I see... Decentra- so it's just, a, it's just a spectrum now. Well, because we're going to start with two no, we're on the simplex. Simpl- simpl- right. The mathematical object. Right, but we're yeah. talking about the two cell. So We're right, talking about a two ahead. cell. Let's start with a two cell with decentralization on one end. And then right. on the other end, we're going to have a combination of surveillance and promotion. You know, when I say yeah. promotion, I mean... And what, what, what do you mean by promotion? Well, I mean, okay, so I'm thinking of surveillance and promotion in the sense that, like... Uh, and I want to put fact-checking also in this little trident of one side of a simplex. So promotion, I'm thinking about going on a, a social media app and you go and you have either promoted tweets or promoted sidebar on Twitter or you go to YouTube and they have promoted creators... I feel like that meshes in with the surveillance state because it's the same companies. It's always underneath one company's, uh, right. you know. It's not activity. like I designed a trending algorithm on, on Foursquare and it was, uh, it was neutral. Like, I was just like, what do, you, what, do, what, what's, what do the user expect to see here? And that's what I built. That's not what these other companies are building. It's not. And then under those, yes. And then you also have surveillance. They're always obviously all tracking us. And this is why they can promote. And this is why they can fact check and stuff. So we have that. I see a figure like uh, Jack caught in the middle, Jack from Twitter, right? Because he started a company that does what I just finished wrapping up the the surveillance slash promotion side. But he also always talks about decentralization with his embrace of cryptocurrency and before the Elon thing fell through, he had a similar vision for the way that Elon was going to bring uh, Twitter back to its, its roots. 
It's such an interesting story with Jack uh, because I mean I don't know, but I feel like uh, I feel like that's why he left. It just he wasn't able to execute that vision. Yeah, and um, so we're in like a simplex there, and like I don't know if there's a third that you could say, but we're definitely sliding along a spectrum here. Yeah, and it'd be nice to either get back to I think we're all more sympathetic to the de- decentralized vision of it. Right. But it might be the fracturing is just going to create a different. Uh, layer where we're not even on it, the same simplex it, it anymore. It would be interesting because there are a lot of people who are, I mean, probably the majority or at least a good 30% of people who uh, maybe I'll have to go to New York and go fishing for those people, but who are really for the centralized uh, safety, um, you know, promotion route. And so it would be interesting to have a discussion or maybe even a debate with one of those people uh, because to, to, to see what they believe. Because I always feel like when I'm, I'm hearing from someone um, saying, well, this is a good thing, fact-checking is going to be, they're not thinking two steps ahead. They're not thinking, okay, what if the authorities are, are wrong? Uh, I, I feel like they just assume, oh, the, the authorities are, are, tend to be right. Even if they say, don't say 100% right, they're like, oh, they, they just tend to be more right than the average Their person. authority is right. They're, they are authorities. When, when is their, right. the, the other guy's yeah. authority is yeah, yeah. the problem. Exactly. So um, it looks like we've done really, really good comprehensive yeah. review. We have one more question, and then we can close it up with great. going around. Great. Perfect. Okay. Lovely audience. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hear it from the audience. Yeah. Let's hear some noise. All right. Jenny. Uh, do you think the USA may eventually use social credit scores like China does? If yes... Is this technology currently in development here? Oh, my God. You want me to start? Yeah, please. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't... This is going to be dangerous saying this because I'm often too optimistic. Um, in some sense, there's a sense in which we, we have it already, right? I mean, like, you can, you know, you, you can be uh, removed from social media. I, I've never had a problem with social media. I feel like I'm kind of careful, but, like, obviously that's not necessarily... I'm also not a person who I put on this podcast for everyone. I like to post on Twitter, but I'm not, like, a, a bomb thrower or anything like that. So maybe that's why I've, I've, I've kind of escaped it so far. Then again, I've never had the, the type of audience that people would, uh, would care that much about. Um, but uh, although it, this audience, the people listening to the show, are could be um, could be far more influential than like a hundred thousand kind of just uh, Joe brain down robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I I agree. And even and even the Joe Rogan listener is probably smarter than like the average person. Uh, so I do think we have a very influential audience. But we've been kind of stealth. Anyway, I don't want to make this about me. Okay, Let's get back to the you. question. Yeah. Uh, I I think there is a limit to how far this thing will be pushed in the United States. I think that there is, you know, like, like I said, the, the, the top, the, there's a lot of things I hear from, you know, very kind of, let's say, black-pilled libertarians, like, oh, COVID showed us, the, uh, showed the authorities how far they can push, and we did not do well, and now they're going to push forever and ever, and like, okay, yes, that's, that's true. But I also feel like there's, uh, that, um, there's an optimistic side because, at some point, there always comes a point where they push too much, and it's uh, and then, then then we come back to the other edge. And I, honestly, I think I feel like we might be over the hump already. I feel like um, we we might be um, we might be returning to sanity socially, even if not politically, just yet. I don't think we're going to get. I and and this credit score might be the the. 
uh, thing that pushes people too far. I just don't think people want to use it. I, th- I don't think people, if they say, oh, my, do you see, oh, I could see a world as, as COVID was starting, if someone said, hey, you're going to have a credit score and how safe you are. And uh, everyone will see it, and it'll be a social thing. I think everyone was excited about it. Not everyone. I certainly wasn't. But I think a lot of people will be excited about it. I think today, I think people have had it. I really do. I, I don't think we're going to see that. If there and is also, a- I have a question. I, I also question of how, how, what, how it's used in China, which I'm not sure. But sorry, go ahead. I, yeah, I actually possible. don't know much about the Chinese system. Yeah. I imagine it's very centralized and official. But if there were a social credit score system, I mean, Again, there already are many versions of social credit scores in different contexts. What about your kind of, actual credit score? Yeah, there's your actual credit score, but there are all, all, all kinds of other metrics that people use to gauge your worth in various capacities. But if something like this were to emerge in the U.S., it wouldn't, it wouldn't be labeled as a social credit score. It would, be right. some, it, it, it would, just, it would be snuck in over time and maybe I, already exist as I, some I aggregate of... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's important to make a distinction between, because there's all sorts of scores. People have cre- like regular credit scores and so how credit worthy are you? I think that the problem is, can, could there be a score that's like an end run around the Constitution? Like, can you make uh, a score that says, okay, we don't want people to think a certain way. This person used a word that kind of triggers the fact that, okay, they might hold political views that we don't agree with. And so now we're going to so, limit. You so know. in China, like, however the, the credit score is <coughs> decided, like, if you fall below a threshold, like, can you actually be, say, denied like certain government services? Yeah. Or I I, I'm not exactly sure how it works. I mean, if that's the case, like that. I mean, if you're a convicted felon, that's in some ways a, a social credit score. Like, sure, yeah. Um, I don't. No, no. I think I have a controversial opinion about this uh, position. I should say, I don't think the pushback against uh, social credit scores is going to come from the U.S. because we're too decentralized. Um, I could see some states implementing that and others not, but there's not going to be any kind of universal like laws created that are pro privacy. And that for that reason, I think like the EU is going to be the main like protector against social credit scores with like the things they've done, like the, the GDPR. I mean, that would be fascinating if it happens. I also think there's an argument that GDPR ruined the internet. It did ruin the internet, but like (laughs) they're so focused on privacy that I feel like that would be the main bulwark that will then diffuse throughout the Western world against some kind of monitoring system. Yeah. yeah. Ironically. I also feel like it, but in the U S you also have some States that could ban something like that. And I feel like you're getting a lot of state governments that are getting a lot bolder now than they have. But again, not enough. I mean, like some States will, some States won't, but there's no huge governing body in the U S that could take that on. Well, of course, it's all theoretical now because we don't have yeah. it, so we'll have to see. But, That's yeah. why I say Europe is our one true saver, right. <laughs> savior in this. I don't, li- I don't like being in that position, but you might be right. I don't know. That's uh, why I said it was a controversial right. position. Yeah. Hey. Right. So, <laughs> all right. Wonderful, so, wonderful. So we're going to wrap it up. We'll go around for any last words. Uh, do you have anything to take us out on? First time caller, um, long time listener. No, this was great. What a great day. The heat wave is over. If you oh haven't already, please move to New Hampshire. <laughs> I will second that. This, again, this is disembodied voice number one. Great day. Uh, beautiful day here and, uh, in New Hampshire. And uh, thank you, Max, for hosting this event and having us on your show. Yeah, no, I, I, I just want to thank everyone for coming to this event. Uh, it was so great just hanging out with you guys all day and like talking about 
all the uh, all topics under the sun. I think we covered such a wide variety of topics. It kind of gave me some food for thought of how I'm going to focus my research and my work over the next few months and a few years. And um, and I look forward to following up with some of you. So I uh, yeah, just thank you for coming out. We had so many people come out. We had so many. Uh, transportation problems and um, so and uh and uh it, hundreds it's, of people I, I here they, they, this pl- this room is absolutely packed yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. can't see right yeah. now someone no, open no, a window look, i think this is the biggest crowd we've ever gotten if you had everyone so this, it's great all right yeah i mean there was one year where it was just me and nick basically oh. so right on we've got some founders in the room that's just <laughs> uh so thank all you right. from the shell community center shell nh.org and the local maximum all right Thank you guys. All right. I have a bunch of really cool guests lined up for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about no code uh, architecture uh, next week. And uh, we have a few authors coming up as well. And of course, I want to have Aaron back on. Always have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local Maximum, sign up for exclusive content and their online community at Maximum.Locals.com. The Local Maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also, check out the website with show notes and additional materials at LocalMaxRadio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to LocalMaxRadio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.